Good afternoon and welcome to What's in the Cup, the uh, podcast from the offices of Georgia Southwestern State University and all of the exciting things that are happening here in America's Georgia and Southwest Georgia. Uh, it is always a fun time on campus, but I got to say finals week is pretty spectacular. Uh, the, the excitement and the enthusiasm on campus, our students are just overjoyed going to class. Uh, the, the stress and the, and, the, and the fear doesn't seem to phase them one bit as they make their way across campus with smiles on their faces, uh, fully slept and uh, rested and uh, no issues, right? Right. I would think all the more reason for the Writing Center, right, Neil? I would think so. And we're going to talk about the Writing Center because uh, when they have to turn in those final reports and get their final papers in, I would imagine that the Writing Center becomes an incredibly important uh, part of their life. And I'm sure it's in the library and stays open till all hours of the evening. But uh, to help us discuss uh, not only the Writing Center, but the uh, finals week and all of the things that happen at the university as students try to finish up their semester. I'm happy to uh, welcome to the office two outstanding faculty members, both from our English department, uh, Dr. Lauren DePaula, Associate Professor of English, and Dr. Anish Dave, Associate Professor of English, uh, welcome to the office and welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Ah, I'm glad to have you now. I, we, you mentioned the Writing Center. I said you guys were faculty members in the uh, English department, but we, you are here today to talk about the Writing Center. So is there any connection between the English department and the Writing Center? Well, historically for the Writing Center here, um, the English department has provided the director. So yeah. In that case, um, we also serve a lot of composition students, um, but we also work with papers from across campus. So there's a connection and we're separate at the same time. All right. So the connection seems to be that the students are writing their papers in English. And so in, <laughs> in English courses. <laughs> so it helps to have uh, English uh, faculty members helping them get their papers ready because the papers really are and can be for all disciplines. We do, we have um, papers that come in for all disciplines. And um, I actually train the tutors to work with papers from all disciplines and students in all majors. So if you're uh, in the writing center and a paper comes in for a biology course and you know nothing about biology, can you still be an effective helper in getting that paper up to speed? Why, yes, there, there's a lot of dis debate about that in the Writing Center community, whether or not you need to be a specialist tutor or a generalist tutor. But um, the tutors that I've trained are generalist tutors where they know some you know, basics about the way writing works and not just grammar and punctuation and those things, but like how we think through and create writing. And so um, they can help writers that come in with lab reports um, pretty much anything. We've had professors come to us and explain how to do lab reports and how to write a resume, for instance, if it's something not class related. Yeah. Um, okay. But yeah, we, we address all topics and all majors. Very good. Well, we're gonna spend a little bit more time uh, talking about the Writing Center and the, and the transition of uh, leadership that is taking place, uh, but we like to get the uh, podcast started every week talking about enrollment and retention, which are two uh, incredibly important things, and, and certainly student success, which is 
the most important thing we do here at the university. And we have commencement coming up on uh, Wednesday of next week. And so the ultimate student success is when those students walk across the stage on Wednesday. And uh, it, is, uh, it is one of my great honors to be able to shake their hands and hand them their uh, diploma. Uh, I didn't realize uh, that that would probably be the highlight of being the president is that moment when uh, you see that smile on their face and you know some of the students come across and they're uh, they're, they're crying or, or they're you know they're you just know it's such an emotional moment for them uh, and you never know how they're going to react but man they are uh, so happy and their families are cheering for them and that is such a special time so that is the ultimate student success and that's coming up here next uh, Wednesday looks like about 400 uh, students will graduate so we should have a, a really nice day the weather looks like it's going to be very nice for us and uh, but uh, we this morning uh, here on campus we were hosting the retention summit so we had about 45 people from across campus get coming together to really talk about how do our students that choose Georgia Southwestern, how do they move through the process to get to the stage? And as we look at the numbers and uh, as we, the, the, the unfortunate facts of the matter are that about 30 to 35% of freshmen that come to Georgia Southwestern do not become sophomores. And another 15% or so do not become juniors. And so we see uh, that about 50% of the students that choose Georgia Southwestern as freshmen uh, are no longer with us by the time that they get to be juniors. Uh, now, for people that are not in higher education, that number can be shocking, frightening, uh, disappointing. Uh, but, it, but to be honest, it's not terribly far off from other institutions like ours. You know, year to year, uh, we'll fluctuate from 65 to 75 percent of students that come back for their sophomore year. Um, and other, student, other institutions do as well. Uh, but the conversation this morning was really about how do we put in place uh, programs and assistance uh, writing center. I certainly would be one of those types of, of assistance uh, programs, but also how do we address the processes that we have here at the university? How do you pay your bill? How do you enroll for classes? When can you enroll in classes? How far ahead can you see classes that are going to be offered, you know, two semesters later, three semesters later? And how do those things impact uh, the ability for students to be successful and stick around? So that retention summit is going on uh, as we speak, and I, and I appreciate Dr. Laura Boren uh, for pulling that together and leading that workshop today. I know the results are going to be very, very positive, and uh, we are really, really uh, working hard to make sure that our students can be successful. But the, uh, the other part of it is enrollment. And so we continue to look at our numbers as we move forward and uh, just mention that uh, a couple of the interesting numbers from the enrollment port report this week that stuck out to me is the total number of applicants that have that have provided partial applications. So, you know, so when students put, turn in their applications, they have to add uh, transcripts from their other schools or their high schools, so forth and so on. And if they don't give us all of their information, it's a partial. Uh, our, the number of partial applications that we have is down 43 percent and uh, sometimes when we say th something's down that's a 
bad thing. But the reality is the number of completed applications is up 78%. So I want to congratulate our admissions team uh, for what they're doing of turning those partials into completed applications earlier in the process. And that allows us then to extend offers of acceptance and uh, scholarships to these students. So we see that that's moving in the right direction. Uh, total accepted students is still up uh, about 13%. So as we continue to move through this process and we check our numbers today against what were they last year on this day, uh, we're still running at very positive uh, increases. So we're very excited about that and we hope everybody will continue to work. And as I know you both know, enrollment is open. And so we're trying to get all of our current students to enroll for next semester. I assume you guys have been seeing students uh, and advising them and helping them get enrolled, right? Yeah. Everybody that's an English major is already re-enrolled for next semester, correct? We're working on it. Is <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's always an interesting um, dynamic, right? We want them to enroll before they leave for the summer because we've, that makes us feel good that we've got them in. Uh, but I can remember back to when I was a student and if you told me you wanted me to do something three or four months before I really had to, the likelihood of that happening would be small, right? I, I know you guys were both way ahead of the game, right? Well, it was amazing. It was amazing that I would register at all because I'd have to do it through a phone system. Uh, yeah. It's pre... <laughs> I understand. I understand. I stood in line at my school, went to a table with a piece of paper and stood in line and had the... You know, they had to write it in there and check it off. And so, yes, we've we've come a long way in the process, but I certainly wouldn't have done it three months. I didn't do anything three months in advance. I didn't know where I was going to go to school three months in advance. I mean, it was uh, quite a quite an experience for me to actually get through school. So uh, anyway, so, we, you know, that's that's the challenge right now is advising our students, getting them enrolled and uh, making sure we're in good chance. OK, so now let's talk about the writing center, Dr. DePaula, you are currently the director of the Writing Center, and uh, how long have you been doing that? And Since fall 2011. Wow, so just after you arrived here, it sounds like. About a year after, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Did somebody hand that off to you? Yes, it was uh, with Lydia Rogers before that. Okay, very good. Also in the English department. Yeah, and so the time has come. It's it's been a it's been a wonderful eight years, but it's time to pass it on. Eight years is actually a long time to be in in one position like this, and it's mm -hmm. it's good to move it to someone else and get fresh ideas and um, fresh energy. So. All right, and so we're we're passing the torch, uh, handing off the baton uh, to Dr. Dave, and so we're excited to bring your ideas and your concepts to the Writing Center. So what do you think, uh, what, what do you think is going to be at the top of the list for the Writing Center? Well, basically to continue to do the good work that the Writing Center has been doing so far, and then to look for ways to improve that good work, uh, to aim for more visits to the Writing Center by our students uh, is my topmost objective. Uh, and, and, and to, to work for the improvement generally. Yeah. Now, how many students do visit the Writing Center on a given, let's say, a semester? Do you keep numbers by semester or by day? Or uh... I have numbers from 2012 onward. Okay. So um, in the past, we'll just do the past few years, the numbers have been between 200 and 300 a semester. Um, 
and we've had as much as 600, but that was a very odd year. <laughs> um, odd because we not, had more assignments for writing or because no. the students needed more help? Or? Uh, no, it was um, required. Um, and oh. sometimes when it's required, it uh, doesn't pan out as well as when the students come of their own volition. So. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. But um, every other year, um, the numbers have been, let's see, Anish did this for us, uh, fall. 2016 was 370 for that semester. Um, that's the highest since fall 2016. And then these past two semesters have been kind of low. Um, I was out on maternity leave and um, we had very capable hands taking care of the writing center, but at the same time, like there's 15 billion things that I couldn't communicate needed to happen. Yeah. Um, but it, the, the numbers actually were much higher in fall than they were when I was back from maternity leave. <laughs> so. Well, don't take that personally. <laughs> no, I'm not. Um, yeah, so, but we've had, um, we've served over um, 1,700 writers and um, over the course of my tenure here. So how, are, are some, I assume some of these students that, that come, come more than once? Yes. And so are these the individual headcounts or are these yeah, total uh, visits? In, in general, I, I looked at the last three years' trends, and in general, I see that uh, one-time visits are predominant, uh, followed by two visits. Mm -hmm. uh, so that is one thing that we need to focus on to, uh, to make more repeat visits. Right. Uh, but in general, that's the trend. Yeah. I, w I, I don't know that there's any way to track this, but it would be very interesting to know how students, uh, how their papers improve. I have some you of have that. You have some of that. I okay, do have some let of me that. hear. Um, I have not. Okay, so I don't have whether or not you got from a B to an A on your paper, mm -hmm. um, partially because we're not, we, we can't pull up that data ourselves. That's, right. that's a violation. So. But I do have how they felt about the um, appointments and whether or not they felt that they were making progress on their paper, if they mm -hmm. felt they did a, a better job. From 2016 until now, um, we've been doing surveys since the beginning, but the most recent survey I've been tracking um, whether or not the session was helpful. Um, most people um, agreed, strongly agreed, um, whether they made progress, whether they're confident in their writing that essay, if they plan to or have revised based on their suggestions, and whether or not their writing has approved. On a Likert scale, they're all pretty close to five, yeah. 4.5 to five. So um, very favorable reviews from the people that have visited the Writing Center. Do we, do we believe that uh, when you come to the Writing Center, obviously you bring a, a project, one paper, do you believe, though, that the process of, of evaluating that paper and working on that paper then makes you a better writer, not just for that paper, but for further papers in your academic career? Very much so. And the way that I've been doing training is not just to evaluate a certain paper, but to show them a strategy to make that paper better that they can then use on their next paper. I got it. Okay. Because that's that would that would drive uh, that would drive down return visits, right? If you teach them to be really good writers, no, no, no reason to come back. So maybe the strategy should be to uh, not make them better writers, but to just, uh, you know, make that paper a little bit better. And then you get lots of return visits, right? I, I, I think, you know, 
about that. Uh, if it's the numbers, <laughs> if we're worried about the numbers. <laughs> yeah, I think I think we need a balance of. Uh, clearly, we want students yeah. to get to be better writers, but but you know, I I, I have. Uh, if you've heard my story, uh, you know, an English teacher made a real difference in my life. Uh, and I always count myself as a good writer. And uh, I think I do a pretty good job. But it's amazing how when somebody else looks at it, they can uh, they can give you good advice. Right. They can turn a phrase a little differently. They can they can uh, rearrange a sentence to where it makes a you know, in your brain, it was perfectly clear, but it. But somebody else can give you some good advice on how to how to change parts and, and redesign some of your writing, uh, move a thought from the bottom up to the top. I mean, I think that's amazing. And so those kind of skills are it doesn't even matter if you're a good writer. You should be going back and, and letting somebody help you yeah, every yeah. time. Right. Yeah. It can't hurt. Absolutely. True. And even strongest writers do well coming to the writing center. And, and I encourage the tutors and they have since 2011 tutor each other. Um, to make sure that not only they have that extra set of eyes, but they have the practice being in the, the writer's seat, but also that they have the practice with different um, ways of envisioning their writing. Well, it's a, it's a tremendous um, service that we provide. It's free, correct? Students don't it have is. to pay for it. It is free, yeah. So there's uh, no reason that we can think of why students shouldn't come by, spend a little bit of time. Now tell me where it is and when is it open? When is it available? Uh, it's currently in the library. We um, just um, collaborated with the library fall 2018, moving over there and trying to work more with them. Um, and the hours are um, vary depending on semester. Um, this summer we're gonna be open online and in person at the same time during the day and in the evening. We don't always, or aren't always able to offer online hours during the day, um, but hopefully that'll change in the future. It, would you mind if I talk a little bit more about the impact the Writing Center has had? I don't mind at all. This okay. is your podcast, go Great. right ahead. Great, I'd like to give a shout out. <laughs> Go ahead. All of the tutors um, all over the years have really made an impact on me. Um, we, we asked them to give us some feedback uh, last semester, oh, last year actually, on whether or not the Writing Center had helped them in their careers. And everyone that responded not only said that it had helped them, um, but that it had made a tremendous impact and that their um, communication skills were better, just their speaking skills, their interpersonal skills, their writing skills, all of it. Um, I spent a lot of time um, with professional development with them. Um, I've done, we, together, we've actually done, um, uh, in our, with other colleges, I've worked with other colleges to do um, co-training mm -hmm. type stuff. We, we worked with Andrew College in Columbus State, and, and now we're doing a project with Clayton State just to make sure that the tutors were always up on their game. Mm -hmm. But I didn't realize what an impact it had had on them as much as it had had on me. And so I was reading all their responses and um, it just was, it's gonna be a little hard to leave. I would imagine. But at the imagine. same time, I thought, what a tremendous amount of energy that, um, <laughs> <laughs> that uh, now Anish um, is going to have in his corner. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And, there, and you know, we talk a lot about uh, high impact practices, 
uh, engaged learning, uh, undergraduate research, uh, you know, internships, and how, how impactful those things are for students to learn outside of the classroom. And, and this is a perfect example. And, and if I can add, they've presented at conferences, um, regional conferences every year from 2012 to 2017. They presented at an international conference this past, um, this past fall, um, all based on their own merits. They created the proposals themselves. They created the presentations themselves. I just went along for the ride. <laughs> and stellar. I actually had someone at one point after one of their presentations turn to me and said, um, can I clone them? <laughs> we <laughs> wish we could sometimes. <laughs> but I would imagine that your retention rate is incredibly high for students that are involved as oh, employees, yes. uh, student workers, uh, because they're engaged, right? Yes. And, they, and they're not just engaged in their own activities, they're engaged in helping others. And so now they see real value, but they're also picking up great skills. And so I would imagine their graduation rate is high, their affinity for the institution is probably very high. So these kinds of activities are not just beneficial to the students who are being served, it's beneficial to the ones that work there. So who, what kind of students are you looking for to hire and how many, you know, you get more applicants than you have positions for and, you know. It varies um, semester to semester as far as how many applications we get. Um, we, right now, we're going to have maybe 13, 14, and each is going to start with about 13, 14 um, tutors from all different disciplines. I feel that's very important, especially if a paper does come from another subject and they're you know, maybe there's a tutor that is a specialist tutor in that, yeah. you know. Um, but also so that they can understand writing across the curriculum a little bit better. They're sharing their ideas of what makes writing good, um, effective. Um, but we look for people with very good interpersonal skills. Uh, this is incredible how much interpersonal communication matters more sometimes. Writing skills matter, definitely, but sometimes it's more important to be able to be a good active listener. Yeah. Um, and to be able to collaborate with someone and be able to um, just build rapport. Yeah. We had some nursing majors come through that they it helped them with their bedside manner in the end. Yeah. You know, um, so that's really important. Um, we look for also good students because if you're not a great student and you're not into school at all, then it's going to mm. be kind of hard to help other people <laughs> get into school a little yeah. bit more. So, um, but, but, you know, telling somebody how to fix something and teaching them how to fix it are two different things, right? right. I mean, you can correct a paper, right? but teaching them how to write better is a different skill. My patience it's, level is not at a, at a point where I can, where I'm very good at, at watching somebody, you know, work through the process. I rather just say, just do it like this, right? That's right. better. Right. Uh, so how do you, how do you get people to the point where they're teaching as opposed to just editing, I guess would be the... Um, it takes a lot of practice. <laughs> um, I, we, we talk a lot about strategies and letting the writer drive, um, keeping the paper in the writer's corner at all times. Um, and actually, like we, we get some criticism for that sometimes because people expect their papers to be fixed when yeah. they come to the writing center. Why aren't you going to fix my grammar? Um, we, we hear from faculty sometimes, why isn't the paper's grammar perfect? And we have to say, well, we're teaching them to become better writers. Um, grammar's a, 
another issue sometimes too because we, we want to make the paper, the ideas, the thought, the thesis, the strongest we can make them and then make sure that the grammar is also as strong as it can be. But if you fix all the grammar first and then you try to fix all the ideas, you're going to have to do it twice. Yeah. You have to do the, you know, edit it twice. So we talk to them about uh, a lot about saving time. Time management when you're writing. Um, But getting them those skills, the interpersonal, the rapport building, all of that requires a lot of practice. It's, I I can't preach at them too much and them learn those things. And um, Anish has been with me in this past training session um, and experienced a lot of of putting them on the, in the hot seat and say, okay, here's the situation, go with it. Let's see how you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I have watched some role plays that, the new consultants uh, had to had to perform, and and it's it's hard, especially when you really are trying to do it. You really are trying to teach someone something. It's it's not as easy as as you felt about it when you thought about it at first. Right. Uh, and part of it is also uh, she she referred to active listening. Uh, encouraging writers to talk about their papers uh, uh, and trying to gently point out a few things that they can improve on and then let their thoughts take over. Yeah. So you have to let the writer kind of be the writer still. Right. That's the, that's the hardest part. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Not, it it shouldn't become your paper. It's got to stay there. And it, paper and we're taught to problem solve and we're taught to kind of problem solve if pro, a student comes with a paper and this is the problem with it and you see the problem oh you should write it like that no you can't you can't do that you have to see find a way to get it out of the writer and find a way to um, get them to learn a strategy to make it to make it better so I'll give you an, can I give you an example sure. a real quick example let's say um, the writer the writer comes in and the um, tutor says my good thinks to themselves the organization of this paper is a mess first the tutor needs to step back and and go okay I'm not going to think of it in terms of a mess I'm going <laughs> to think of it in terms of what we can do and then which strategy so instead of saying your organization you need to add th- put this paragraph in front of this paragraph and then move this one to the bottom we'll say okay tell me what you're saying in this paragraph and list all the things that you're saying and then do you see how it flows and if the writer's still not getting it do you well then you start being more directive yeah but showing them that it's not working is a lot better than telling them telling that it's them. not working. Right, right. It's the secret to good teaching, right? Yeah, we try to do that ourselves. Huh? I mean, <laughs> some of us have learned better than others. Um, but we're going to get back to uh, the Writing Center in just a minute. A couple of things uh, that we all uh, try to cover also uh, here on the podcast. We had a great week this week. Uh, the last week of classes, uh, the last week of April generally is always a lot of fun on campus. There's activities, there's events, there's uh, senior recitals and art shows and all kinds of things. But it's also a time of the year when we take a moment to uh, recognize some of our faculty and staff for the good work that they do on campus. And so we hosted the uh, faculty and staff uh, awards and recognition ceremony this past week. And I wanted to mention uh, uh, several of the folks who received um, uh, recognition and then start with faculty uh, who are either promoted or received tenure. I want to congratulate Rebecca Short, who was promoted to associate professor, uh, Dr. 
Kalish Gamire was promoted to professor of mathematics. Uh, Dr. I'm never getting, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not good at this one. I, I think I messed it up all the time. Dongwen Kui? Kui? I think that's right. I don't, I don't know. Probably not. But he was promoted to professor of mathematics, so I apologize. Uh, and uh, Dr. Mark Laughlin was promoted to professor of music. And Catalina Casaru was promoted uh, to the associate professor of exercise science, and she was awarded tenure. So we want to congratulate all of those folks for their good work. Uh, the uh, Excellence in Advising Award was handed to uh, Mandy Barr, and the Excellence in Service Award uh, was was uh, Angie Christmas. So uh, appreciate their great work. And then some of the faculty awards, the Faculty Excellence in Scholarship Award went to Dr. Evan Kutzler, Assistant Professor of History. The Excellence in Advising uh, Award went to Dr. Suzanne Connor in the uh, School of Business. And uh, the 2019 Faculty Excellence in Service Award went to Dr. Mark Laughlin in the Music Department. Uh, the 2019 Faculty Excellence and Commitment to Teaching Award went to Dr. Kim Hasback, and there were two recipients because there was a tie. The other Faculty Award for Excellence in Commitment to Teaching Award went to Dr. Gaynor Chokas. So we want to congratulate all of those faculty members for their great work. And then the uh, students presented a couple of awards, the, uh, the Oris Bryant uh, staff member of the year was presented to uh, Latoya Stackhouse for her great work in student engagement. And the faculty member of the year selected by the students was Dr. Alexander Yemelyanov. And so that was terrific. And then the Alumni Association provides some awards as well. And uh, there, the Alumni Association selected the 2019 Professor of the Year and selected Dr. Mark Grimes, the Assistant Professor in the School of Business. And so want to congratulate all of those folks and uh, recognize them for that great work. And uh, some of them, I think, uh, received a check along with it. So I hope that they have uh, a great time spending that extra money. We all like to spend extra money, don't we? Of course we do. Um, also, uh, this past week, there was some great um, media coverage of a project that's come out of our art department, the uh, homework project. Uh, Dr. Or, I'm sorry, Justin Hodges uh, has run, run that program. And I know all the faculty over there are involved, a lot of the students, but this is such a neat deal. They, they design and create uh, items that could be used uh, to start a home. So a lot of the uh, things include um, dinnerware, glassware, furniture pieces, uh, tables, you know, a, a variety of things that a, that a family that needed to move into a home. And they work in, in concert uh, with the uh, Fuller Housing uh, Group here in town. And the, the idea is to prepare people to move from homelessness into their own homes. And so uh, our art students are creating these objects that will actually populate a home and uh, got some great coverage. Uh, this year, they actually are auctioning off the items to collect money and uh, help somebody move uh, into their first home. And so that's a, a great project and we wanna uh, say how much we appreciate uh, all the work that goes into that. And what a great, another, another great learning 
tool, right? You learn your skill, but you're applying it to an issue in our society and how to help people. Uh, I know that that has to help students really uh, value what they do. A uh, couple other things we mentioned uh, commencement coming up next week. We also have the nursing pinning ceremony, which will be on Wednesday morning. Uh, that's always a, a great event and uh, a lot of fun for me to get to go and uh, help those students and uh, the nurses uh, get their pins. And, and uh, it just starts the day off with a lot of excitement. Again, a lot of families uh, there and, and uh, helping them celebrate. And then coming up uh, after commencement on Friday, we have Hailstorm. Uh, the Hailstorm event, which is an athletic fundraiser, They've got, they're going to drop golf balls out of a helicopter onto a field, and uh, the ball that's closest to the marker is going to get $25,000. So if you guys want to win $25,000, just have a couple days left, you can buy your golf ball. I think for $100, you get the golf ball, but you also get to go to a great party. There's going to be, there's going to be food. Uh, drinks, music, uh, there's going to be all kinds of uh, fun uh, activities in, in addition to dropping the golf balls out of the helicopter, which by itself will be interesting to see, to say the least. And uh, I would suggest that you stand far back so that the ball doesn't uh, smack you as it bounces off a rock or something. Uh, the, other, the other thing that, uh, that happened last week that I was uh, most impressed by was the uh, athletic banquet. They uh, every year we have a, a, an event where we recognize our student athletes, and and you know they are. I think they're ter tremendous young men and young women. Uh, but the uh, academic accomplishments of those students, I think, is always terrific. Their grade point average is higher than the general student population. Their graduation rate is higher than the general population. And I know you guys have athletes that uh, are in your classes, and, and they spend a lot of time on the road. They spend a lot of time at practice, uh, but they do, they do a really great job representing our institution. And, uh, you know, I'm sitting here, and it's Thursday, it's Friday afternoon, and I'm getting uh, text messages left and right. Our women's, our softball team, women's softball team, uh, just won their uh, first game in the conference tournament. They beat Columbus State. So, uh, what an amazing win for them. Last weekend, they were at Columbus State to close out the regular season, and they got beat twice by Columbus State. So, to come back and uh, go to the conference tournament and win a game uh, against a team that they were, Columbus State was number two, and we were number seven. So, big upset. Uh, congratulations to them. Very excited for, for Coach and all the players. Uh, what, a, what a great win. So, congratulations to them. Uh, earlier uh, this week, Bob and I had the chance to go out and visit with President Carter. Uh, I never, uh, I never in my wildest dreams thought I would ever meet a former president of the United States. Uh, and now, um, it's almost getting, I want to, I want to say routine, but it's getting comfortable that I, I get to see him and talk to him. And, and we have enough of a relationship that we can talk about things that we did, uh, you know, since the last time we talked and it's like, it's still, it's shocking to me uh that they allow me to to have those conversations with him but we had a great time uh, interviewed him uh to to launch the jimmy carter leadership program 
So we interviewed him about his leadership style and, and some of his thoughts about leadership and how he uh, evaluated other world leaders that he came in contact with and how quickly he had to do that or what were the, you know, what were the traits that he, you know, valued in other leaders and uh, what a great conversation, it was about 30 minute uh, discussion and uh, I mean, he, his, his recall and his memory of, uh, of things that happened, you know, in the, in the late 1970s is amazing. I mean, he was talking about the, uh, the, the peace accord at Camp David with, uh, uh, and I was just like, oh, oh my gosh. I mean, he, he, you know, giving details about, you know, going into this room and going, and I was like, wow, it's, it's so incredible. So uh, that was, what a great, uh, great time for me, uh, but something that we can preserve here at the university, talking about uh, leadership and talking about Georgia Southwestern and how, how the university impacted his life and how he can pass that on to students that'll be in our uh, Carter Leadership Program starting this fall. So we're very excited to have 20 students in that program. Uh, and then yesterday afternoon, we had the foundation meeting, the GSW Foundation and uh, want to thank all those folks who help us uh, financially uh, provide scholarships and uh, support for faculty uh, activities and uh, just another great meeting and uh, the, the folks in the foundation and all of our president circle members came up for a, a reception last night and so we had a lot of fun and so a uh, good good week of activities here at the university so tell me a little bit about uh, we're, we're we're wrapping up. So what is finals week like, uh, or maybe not just finals week, but the last, the last week and, and then finals week, what is that like for faculty members? I know your, your schedule kind of changes a little bit. Tell me, tell me what it's like. Well, it's just uh, a heavy feeling that you have, uh, <laughs> you are seeing your students for the last time in the semester as they move on to the next semester and you are trying to complete everything, uh, strike items off your checklist. You're trying to cross your fingers hoping that they'll perform on their exams or their portfolios like you want them to as well. As so you're telling to. me that faculty members don't want to fail their students? I, I, you're, you're, you're messing with me here, right? I thought all faculty members were trying desperately to fail all of their students. Oh no, it makes my heart hurt actually. I would imagine it does, doesn't it? So, so as you as you grade these papers, I mean, you go into you go into the finals. You, I'm mm -hmm. reading into what you're saying. You go into the finals, kind of knowing the students, and and oh, this one really needs to do well. This, you know, I hope they studied, right? I mean, right. You, so, do you, I mean, how do you deal with when they don't do well? In, in our case, uh, I think I can also speak for Lauren here. Uh, in our case, most of the final exam types of things are papers. Papers. So uh, we want them to do well in their final papers. But if they don't do well for some reason, then we just give them the feedback that they their papers deserve. And and that's it. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I work very closely with our... I tried to work very closely with my students on their papers. Ever since I've been with the Writing Center, I've been very more and more student-oriented, student-centered. They're gonna, I'm gonna help them with their paper, but they're gonna drive. And um, and it's 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 at the end when I'm like, oh please, just <laughs> drive it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
um, and and a lot of times they do, and I'm really excited, and then sometimes they don't, and I just I'm happy for summer. Yeah, <laughs> aren't we all? Aren't we all? Now, has I mean I I like to I think of myself as able to evaluate people pretty well, and I would assume you evaluate your students, and and when you start a semester. You probably kind of scan your class and get a sense of, of where things might lie. Uh, are you accurate in your depictions or how many times do students surprise you with their ability or do they do better than uh, you maybe anticipated they might do? Is that a normal occurrence? Is that a rare occurrence? I think the key is to let them surprise you and not to put them in a particular position in your head. Like to go in there and not think, oh, the student's going to fail. Because once you start doing that, then every, all of your actions and everything you do with them, you're kind of already causing them. So you have to go into it with a positive mindset. There's a scholar I love, his name is Peter Elbow, and he says that you have to like your students. You go into it liking them. You don't know anything about them, but you have to go into it liking them. Because if you don't, then you're, you're kind of shortchanging them. Yeah. So... And That's good advice. And, and I think, uh, you know, there, there's always that objectivity that is needed. And, you know, even if you don't evaluate them, in, in the back of your mind, there are those impressions that gather as you are seeing them for the first time. And it doesn't happen very often, in my experience, that somebody surprises you a lot. Right. Uh, somebody may surprise you a little bit. Yeah, but uh, it unfortunately doesn't happen very often. Yeah, uh, although we all would like uh, such things to happen more often. Yeah, so yeah, we're a small campus, right? And you probably see students multiple times throughout their career here, whether it's consecutive semesters or you might see them one year and then a couple years later see them again, and uh, so you get to know them. And and uh, so as we get closer to commencement and graduation. What kind of thoughts go through your head as you uh, see our students over time uh, develop and grow? And, and uh, you know, what are you thinking when you watch them go across the stage? Well, you feel happy, of course, when you meet them on the campus and when you see them from, from a distance. But, uh, you know, I have also stopped them once in a while and, and given them some unsolicited advice. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you hope that they... Uh, they are thinking hard about what they want to do in life and they are taking all the advantages they can take yeah. of uh, the opportunities that come their way. When, when I think about students and how they grow and what they become, I, I'm going to do a cheesy little turn here. I think about Allison. Um, she was one of my first tutors at the Writing Center and she won the, um, the regional award for the best tutor. Wow. In the in southeast, and she wound up on television for it. They um they put her on television up in a station in Columbus, and um and I watched her um, on television talking so intelligently about writing and about how to how to tutor and and all that. Um and so it was a very proud moment. But when I think of graduation, I think of Allison because I will sit as close as I can to the front during graduation and I will clap and clap and clap. And of course they never turn to me because they're so excited and they're, mm -hmm. you know, and sometimes I'll yell their name and they still don't turn. They just, <laughs> they're just so excited with everything else. 
But Allison walked across the stage and when she got to the, she took a step down and she turned to me and she waved. And <laughs> I, um, that was a very proud moment. It's amazing. It is amazing, you know. Uh, and and uh, we, we, you know, it's always great when students recognize the work that we do, uh, particularly the work that you all do. Uh, but you know that they know when they cross that stage that it wouldn't happen if you didn't invest in them and, and make a difference in their lives. So you guys should be very proud. And I hope that when you see that graduation ceremony that uh, you are proud of the work that you've done and, their, and the accomplishment that you have helped go across that stage. It's a very special day. And so I want to thank you uh, in advance for that. I want to thank Dr. DePaula for leading our writing center for eight years. Yes. And, uh, and we know you've done a great job as you've laid out today. There's been a lot of accomplishments, uh, but Dr. Dave, you're going to take over and uh, we expect great things. We expect the writing center to not only continue but to grow and to develop and we're going to continue uh, to send the message out that it's a great resource that students should take advantage of uh, regardless of their ability or, or their perceived ability to write it helps everyone right yes it does it does very good well thank you guys for coming in today uh, it's been a great day uh, Bob anything else we need to cover uh, one more time we want to congratulate the Lady Canes on a big victory up in uh, North Georgia and Dahlonega first round of the Peach Belt Conference knocked off Columbus State very proud of Coach Levering and all the ladies so I uh, hope everybody has a great weekend. Uh, we'll be back here next week, and we'll have commencement on Wednesday, a special day. And then, uh, Bob, we may even do another podcast next Friday. All right? Thank you, everybody. See, see you next time. Thank, Thank you, Dr. Weaver.